Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sif Pop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sif Pop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sif Pop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will finish off this episode when we're good and ready to, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I told you he's beautiful. You should see him up close. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. King Kong ain't got nothing on him. It's Jonathan Watkins. (laughs) Hello. I definitely do not deserve that. Thank you. You don't deserve it, or you don't want it. Like that's it. That's no, a- uh, I'm good. I'm good having it. I'm good having it. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited. You want to compare me upcoming- to Denzel? I'm good. <laughs> I'm really excited. Up- uh, excited for the upcoming film Watkins versus Kong. The trailer <laughs> yes. looked great, by the yes. way. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It, yeah. It didn't, I wasn't expecting to see you there, uh, Jonathan. Yeah. I know it's. Yeah, Adam Wingard, man. He just he called me up. I didn't know what to say. I was like, yeah, man. You just have to say <laughs> yes. Jonathan's my. Yes. Uh, my partner in crime on uh, TV Sins uh, channel yes. in the Sins universe, as well as the Behind the Sins podcast. He also has an encyclopedic knowledge of film that absolutely puts me to shame, and I'm very no. jealous of all the movies he he knows and has seen. And uh, we're glad to have uh, glad to have you on the show, Jonathan. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a fun show today. Uh, it's going to be interesting this year for, I mean, you know, many reasons. But we've kind of had, we've already had our, you know, our sifties. We've awarded our awards, but we're going to continue to talk about awards contenders because the award season has been shifted so much and we haven't had a chance to talk about a lot of the movies uh, and do official reviews of them. So as these movies continue to come out, even some that have already been out for a while, like when we're talking about uh, today, uh, we want to make sure we have, uh, you know, reviews of, of some of the films you're going to be seeing more about as the award season kind of continues to heat up as we head towards an April uh, Oscars, right? Aren't the Oscars in April this year? Um, so That sounds right. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what gets nominated. I just, I cannot wait. It's, it's going to be an interesting year for sure, but uh, kind of want to give you a heads up on that. So today we are talking about a movie that came out this week uh, uh, on HBO Max called The Little Things, uh, as well as a movie that's been out for a little bit on Amazon Prime called One Night in Miami uh, that looks to be a good contender. And the other thing is we've talked a little bit about these movies as well, One Night in Miami specifically on the Sifties. Uh, we talked a little bit about the movie. 
Um, I think I talked about it even when I had seen it uh, about a month ago. Uh, a little bit as well. So, um, so yeah. Apologies if you hear a little bit of a little bit of repeat, but uh, we want to make sure we give these things a full review um, as well. So we're going to do that. Um, I'm ready to get into it. If you guys are, if you're ready to talk movies, oh, I'm yeah. ready to talk movies. Yeah, so. let's do it. All right, we will start off with One Night in Miami. Ready for tonight? I'm as ready as a person can be. After the fight, we're all coming back here for the champs' victory party. Don't be late. Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming. You know I'm the greatest. That's right. Jim Brown takes the ball. Your record is going to stand the test of time. How's everybody feeling tonight? All together, yeah. <laughs> New heavyweight champion of the world. Hey, champ, you don't suppose you could sign an autograph? Yeah, of course, man. Give him an autograph, Jim. Actually, Mr. Cook. <laughs> oh, sure thing, brother. On the night of February 25th, 1964, in Miami, Cassius Clay joins Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X, and they discuss the responsibility of being successful black men during the civil rights movement. Uh, this is a fictionalized encounter of a real night in history. So, in other words, this night actually happened, and these men were around each other during that time. But the conversations that are written are fictionalized. Um, it's brought to us by Kemp Powers, which, by the way, MVP of 2020, Kemp Powers, yeah. uh, I mean. co-directing Soul and writing Soul and then writing this. Uh, absolutely astonishing year for him. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, two of my favorite three movies of the year are the same mm -hmm. person is responsible for putting them together. So <laughs> it's like it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, so, yeah. And you've got these four main people uh you've got leslie odom jr playing sam cook uh you've got eli gory playing uh cassius clay kingsley ben adir playing malcolm x and aldous hodge playing jim brown and it's based on kemp powers stage play that he wrote in 2013 i think about seven years ago he wrote the stage play for this and they have brought it to film so let's start here what did you think about it did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay um andrew we'll start with you well, you know, it was my number one movie of the year, right? So you hated so, it then. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, Am I the only one people are going to be surprised? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's no surprise until we get to you, Jonathan. Uh, meh. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Just number one movie of the year. No, I love this movie. It is such... Oh, yeah. It's such a delight. I've seen it, I think, three times now. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, obviously, it's my number three of the year. I also love this movie supremely uh i think this yeah. movie is is so great jonathan what do you think like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay i i mean i you know i thought it was no i'm kidding i loved it um <laughs> it was uh it's actually i would say it's it's my number three currently as well uh it would be my number one but soul and the five bloods came out this year so mm -hmm. talk about what a god what a great year for uh, uh black cinema yeah yes yeah. ridiculous sure. Um, and we should mention uh, Regina King, right? First directorial debut. Oh yes, on this, and she's I mean, so good. It's such such. A, she's really good. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a very well directed movie. Well, why don't yeah. why don't you um, start us off then, uh, Jonathan? Just talk about that a little bit, or just some of the other things you really liked about the movie. Since Andrew and I have had a lot of time on this show, where we have, or maybe not a lot, but a little bit of time to kind of give our thoughts on this already. Let's just kind of give us your your general well, thoughts. It's a, you know, it's a really interesting character piece. I really like character pieces, but the thing about this one that uh, I thought was pretty impressive, especially from, you know, the way Regina King directed it and I, and the writing, 
uh, was just that you have, you know, four characters that you've really got to get some in-depth study done on. And they could have played it a little safe because these are all people that I think most of us know who they are. And they, but, uh, but they really do, um, even though it is fictionalized, uh, they do a really good job of going into depth with each character and giving each character kind of their own arc. Um, so I found all that, you know, very impressive. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, right along with that, um, I, you know, I've talked before on the show about how a stage play that comes to the screen has a, a mm-hmm. little bit of a tricky dance to do, right? Because it was designed, it was written to be in an enclosed, oftentimes one-room environment, right? And you you know that's the case here. Most of this takes place in, in the hotel room. Um, and sometimes I felt this way about fences, and uh, I felt this way even um, recently about uh, what was the other one uh, we just talked about that was a play. I just I have this feeling sometimes where it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of watching the play. What was interesting about this one, I think it goes right to what you're talking about, Jonathan, is it starts off introducing all four of our characters in the way that only the movie can. Like you would have to get pretty mm-hmm. creative to do the, those all those introductions in a stage setting. You could probably pull it off, um, but it, it it takes advantage of the movie uh, screen to give us a boxing match for Cassius, to give us that Jim Brown porch scene uh, at oh the my beginning, gosh. which is so that powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, the, uh. Les- the Leslie Odom Copacabana scene is right there at the beginning, too. You know, like, so it takes a time with each of the characters. And I think the, the Malcolm X scene, he's talking to Betty and talking about, you know, because this takes place uh, kind of in the transition of his life between... Um, you know, as he was almost as he was breaking away from that the religious group that he was in to you know a different version of uh, of his religion, and so it kind of takes place right in that center crux of what he's going through, and it kind of brings you into his world um, in that moment. So I, I just don't think if this movie doesn't do that, you know, it again just becomes a play on screen. But because it does that, we're all of a sudden immersed in like a real cinema world for all of these characters and i think it really benefits even as we kind of lock ourselves into their conversation um we have such a full understanding of them uh and i i don't know i really really appreciated that i really i the the malcolm x stuff i thought was great because um i i just is it kingsley ben adir is that yes, his name? Yeah. correct yeah um, I just really liked his take on the material, and I really liked the way they presented him as somebody who... Because, I mean, the other three guys bring up really good points to him as to why, like, he tells them they're weapons for him. And I, I don't I don't know what in this would actually be spoilers, so I don't want to... I don't want to spoil anything. Sure, sure, but, sure, yeah. But, he, but there's conversations, like, there's one he has with Jim Brown where he's talking about how, you know, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke can be these powerful weapons for them. And then, you know, Jim Brown makes the good point, well maybe we don't want to be a weapon like you know right. that's not what we wanted and that's and they're both you can see both sides right and uh and i just feel like malcolm x typically is presented a little more uh straightforward and more you know vocal and just like this is what we're doing and this is everything is bad and he just had a lot more layers i guess um the way he was portrayed in this film which i thought was interesting yeah andrew uh, what are some of your thoughts well, uh, like I said last week, yeah, I think Kingsley Benadir, every, all four of these guys, uh, uh, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr., they, uh, they all are perfection when it comes to portraying these real-life people. But I think Kingsley Benadir is, 
just a little step above them. I think he's, besides uh, Delroy Lindo and Defy Bloods, I think he's the best performance of the year. Um, I think is what I said. I can't remember. It's been a week <laughs> since I talked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But regardless, regardless, I loved him in this movie and uh, the stuff that he, the backs, the altercations, I guess you could say, or the uh, disagreements with uh, Sam Cook as to mm-hmm. responsibilities as black men or um, how they uh, see each other and see like uh, the, uh, the both the pros and the cons that they are doing. Uh, you know, to help during the civil rights movement, what their what their power as celebrities can do for them, uh, yeah. And they, uh, uh, it's ironic because I think it's Cassius Clay who pulls the most punches. I think everybody else is pretty <laughs> straightforward um, because you know I think Cassius is more like a referee. He does in this. Yeah, he kind of does play the referee. Yeah, yeah compared to. Uh, and Jim Brown is the the mild disagreeer, I guess you could say. So a lot of the heat and, and like uh, tension comes from Sam Cooke and Malcolm X, and it is just so fascinating to watch because you're like, yes, every single person in this movie is right, mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things where, and it, I it, this is a movie that is so. Uh, poignant and like uh, important that I feel bad pulling a a quote from Cobra Kai season three, <laughs> but <laughs> but there's uh there was I forget how it says there's three ways to look at something the way you look at it the way you look at it and then there's the truth mm-hmm. and yeah. it it feels very <clears throat> sorry it feels very much that that is what is happening in this movie that mm-hmm. there's. Three sides to look at it the way you see it, you see it, and then the truth. Uh, going to Regina King, I think that, as we've said, it's a brilliant uh, way to direct a movie. A lot of it takes place on uh, or inside the hotel room, but actually, I think some of the shots that were on the roof when they were watching the fireworks mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. is gorgeous to look at. The way that that was shot... Um, having uh, them walk into pan from behind the camera. It was just such a beautiful way to introduce that scene. So yeah, Yeah. it's an okay movie. Yeah, no. And and another example, another example of taking advantage of the cinematic nature of what you're doing. And I just think that's so well done, uh, done here. I also like what you touched on with the characters in that it's so beautiful to see uh, four distinct, not just characters, not just personality traits, but philosophies and beliefs and, um, you know, I, I think a lot of times uh, films will understand more the idea of we have to have characters who fill different roles personality wise. You know, we've got the funny guy and the, you know, and the, this, you, you know, whatever, and they'll fill the personality slots. And they yeah. don't often think about how important it is to fill the philosophy spots, you know, to fill the, the idea that there are valid differences of opinion you know that are seeking for truth you know and i just i i just think this movie does that so so well uh, i know we mentioned the uh the conversation the battle between uh sam cook and malcolm x in our you know movie moments of the year conversation last week yeah. and it's just it is some of the most intense and beautiful and powerful dialogue i've seen in a movie in a long time uh their scenes 
going well, they felt like other. friends. I mean, they, right. that, that yes. felt like a friendship. You know, that that happens in friendships, right? You have disagreements, and you have to right. walk away for a second. And uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. That's yeah, amazing. Um, what else? I, I mean, is there anything on the negative uh, side that we want to talk about, or just, we can keep talking about positives too? So, um, I don't. I mean. No, I can't. I can't think of any. I've only seen it the one time. Have you guys seen it more than once? I've seen it twice so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've only seen it the one time. Um. I. Um. I mean, no, I really can't think of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I'm trying. No, I'm trying. Like, no, no, I'm no. Trying. It is one of those moments. I. You know. I, you know. I. I did give this uh, an A plus. I, I gave it five yeah. stars on Letterbox. Like yeah, I, I did too. It's just. It's one of those movies where, you know, you talk about a perfect movie. That doesn't mean. You know, it's without flaw. It just means that it does its job so well that I'm yeah. just not aware of the flaws. I just can't. Yeah. I can't find them. If you yeah. want to get like into like by breaking it down, like really just you know stuff that doesn't matter that much, but like the opening moments. I mean, the Jim Brown scene is so powerful mm-hmm. that I feel like maybe the other three aren't as powerful, uh, especially the Sam Cook and the Copacabana. I feel like I just feel like that's a scene we've seen. You know, like Eddie Murphy had a, they had a scene similar to that in Dreamgirls. Sure. With, yeah. uh, with the Eddie Murphy character. I, yeah. that, that's so, but there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's, like no, I said, we, that's No, we get it, Jonathan. It. You hate this movie. And, yeah, uh, I do. And that's, that's I do. unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> what other good, what? I, I loved, can I say I loved Eli Gorey, though? That's yeah. A, I, I'm, a, I'm an admittedly, a, I watch way too much CW for a, for a 44-year-old man. But um, <laughs> No, don't say that. I, I love still the watch 100. Of- yeah. I, I mean, I was a huge fan of the 100, and uh, so, and I always thought he was good on that, but I just had no idea that like he could do something like this. I think even if he is the lesser of the four, which I do agree with that, but it's still not a bad thing, right? Man, I'm just I'm just not going to get into ranking them, but I would not I, I would not put him as the least of the four. I I think. He, oh, okay. I would. I thought. I, I thought Kingsley Benadir above all of them, and then the rest are. Equally okay, okay, phenomenal. no, totally fair. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, yeah, I don't mean that negative. It's no, not a negative no, of course thing. not. I'm just like, yeah, no, my brain because of the way my brain works, and everybody who listens yeah. to this show probably knows this. I love ranking things. I love putting stuff in order. I yeah, love I you know too. figuring out what the best is in the second. And I could do that here. I could have that conversation both here on the podcast and in my mind. And I have thoughts, but I just I don't want to get into it because. I just think there's something so spectacular about all four of them in this and how well mm-hmm. they work together that it's just it doesn't seem to me for myself for my own thinking through it to even be a worthy kind of internal conversation for me to have just because I, like I I, I, will, I think of each one of them and I just I'm blown away the 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 way yeah. Eli Gorey um captures Muhammad Ali's like the you know his verbal the way he speaks the way oh, he yeah. he delivers his lines and yet at the same time it doesn't feel like an SNL skit you know it doesn't feel like a caricature it doesn't or feel just like a straight up uh, yeah. straight up impression right it feels like more yeah. Than, yeah it feels like an embodiment and and Aldous Hodge is great Aldous right. Hodge is one of those guys I've always liked I was a huge Leverage fan and um, he's just always and he was on Friday Night Lights and he's always been a guy that I've enjoyed so seeing him get to do something like this was great and I thought he had I mean I know you guys were talking about Cook and uh, Malcolm X but that scene I mentioned earlier between him and him and him and Malcolm right. X I thought was really good yeah. Uh, yeah where he's talking about and then the stuff with him and Cook where he's talking about maybe getting into the movies and I don't know it was just I've never really studied much about Jim Brown 
Um, so I don't know how accurate a lot of this was, but it was it made him more interesting to me as a person, I guess. Well, the the movie aspect of that is is accurate. Yeah. He did uh, yeah. go into. Uh, oh yeah, definitely, and, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that, but God, that port scene though is that Bo, it's Bo Bridges, right? With yeah. the with Bo yeah. Bridges, um, that just the what a the harsh. Car, I mean, you know something harsh, weird's going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you don't know what it is, and then that that last moment, you're just like, oh my God. Which yeah. I mean, to be fair, that might be more shocking to us than it is to some people watching this movie. Sure, but yeah, sure, but uh, but still, it was eye opening, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, um, I also want to mention and just uh, shout out Leslie Odom Jr.'s voice, uh, just his, oh, yeah. his singing voice and his ability. Is that actually to... him singing? I think so. I think so because okay. it doesn't really sound like Sam Cooke, so I I believe it's him, which is fine. I don't. I mean, that's fine. I mean, we know I, he's I super talented, him. so I, it wouldn't yeah. surprise yeah. me uh, if it was him. But um, but I, I haven't looked it up, so that's a valid question, Andrew. I, I have not looked it up, but, but I I just think it's incredible. It, it's work. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and also the way the movie um it's not just about uh the friends having difficult conversations with each other. It's also about a I and for me, and maybe I'm wrong in this, this is why I think Sam Cooke is is the protagonist of this movie. If you have to pick one person as the protagonist because I think he's the person that changes. I think he's the person he has a moment where he understands something about himself and about his responsibility that maybe he didn't when the movie started. And the movie ends with such a beautiful representation of that change in his heart. Mm. Uh, I really think this, I think he's the protagonist of the film. Does that make sense? It's just kind of my read on no, it after I, a couple times. I, yeah, I think you might be right. Because I think there's not really an, a straight up antagonist. Right. But I guess if you if you had to do like the screenwriting 101, I mean, I guess Malcolm X is kind of that for a little bit of the movie. Mm-hmm, sure. But then he changes as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or he, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I, I think I see what you're saying. I think that's definitely the central conflict uh, are those two, you know, Malcolm X's idea of what needs to be done. And then, you know, Sam Cooke, I think, I mean, what I got out of that was he just wanted to be a celebrity, right? He just wanted to, he wanted to enjoy his life while he was in the spotlight yeah Um, and and you can't really art you can't really no argue against somebody wanting to do that no and and he and he also saw the business side of things in a way that uh malcolm x didn't right like he he, yeah that's one of the most powerful things that he delivers in that movie is the idea of you know i you know i am setting up uh, you know, people to have more actual power, not just uh, mm-hmm. to have more fame or have more voice, but to actually ha- be able to pull strings because of, because of financial power. And that's, man, it's such an interesting conversation. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful for yeah. Kemp Powers, Regina King, and everybody that pulled this together. Um, yeah, this is crazy, great, great stuff. Yeah. No, I, I was. Uh, I was kind of nervous going into it too because I've heard Aaron talk about it over the last month or so, and I've heard a lot of people say the same things you're saying, Andrew. And so, you know, I go, I watched it last night, and uh, I was just, I was like, please don't be disappointed. And I was actually <laughs> more impressed than I thought I would be with it. You know, it, that's it actually, fun. I really didn't know what I what was going to happen. I really didn't know what I was getting into. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Which was a nice surprise. Yeah, I lo- I love that when you have high expectations and they're even, you know. It beats yes. them. That's always a really yes. fun thing when it's like, okay, guys, you got and, my expectations way up. And then you watch and it's like, oh. And I, 
It's good. I've said on Behind the Sins how I've had a crush on Regina King my entire life. So even though she was behind the camera, <laughs> I was still I was still very happy. You were enamored. I was like yes, yes. yes. Got it. Got uh, it. Yeah. Since because I, I think we're about the same age. I don't know. I I, I just watched two two seven as a kid and was like, ooh, she's cute. <laughs> Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, I think full-throated recommend, obviously, from all three of us. Um, it is One Night in Miami. It is available right now uh, if you have a Prime membership yeah. to you on Amazon Prime. So uh, no reason to delay. You can go go ahead and check that one out. That's One Night in Miami. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the little things. You're not exactly a department favorite. Things probably changed a lot since you left. You still got to catch him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that much has changed then, right? <laughs> I can assure you all we are taking a 24-7 all-hands-on-deck approach to these cases. The guy's a shark. If he stops, he dies. He likes to drive. Probably has a decent car, maybe two. High mileage. You must really like my car. I do. Deputy Sheriff Joe Deke Deacon joins forces with Sergeant Jim Baxter to search for a serial killer who's terrorizing Los Angeles. As they track the culprit, Baxter is unaware that the investigation is dredging up echoes of Deke's past, uncovering disturbing secrets that could threaten more than just his case. Uh, Yeah, you can uh, see there we got Denzel Washington as Deke. You got Rami Malek uh, in there as Baxter. And you've got Jared Leto. Uh, as the quote, I, I don't man, Jared Leto's like staring at me right now from that poster. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, there was that one. There was that one thing uh, that Denzel said in an interview. He was asked if uh, Leto pulled any of his like method acting tricks on mm-hmm. him, and Denzel was like, "No, nah, he wouldn't have gotten away with that." So I think his exact words were, "Somebody would have paid him a visit." it's awesome (laughs) Denzel's just the best Uh, so what did you guys think about this Uh, this is on HBO Max and um, yeah it's part of their new streaming and theaters at the same time uh, strategy that they're doing Uh, so what did you think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay Uh, Jonathan we'll start with you this time Um, I am firmly in the dislike camp I'm not quite to hate it but the more I think about it, the closer I get to hate it. Yeah, but there are there are some interesting there are some interesting things about it that if if it was a better movie, I would be so happy with those things. But it's just not a good movie, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go next because I pretty much echo your exact sentiments. Uh, I think there's there there's a bit of wasted potential here. Actually, there's a lot of wasted potential, especially when you've got mm-hmm. this cast. But um, but I'm firmly in the disliked it just solid dislike to this movie. Andrew, what about you? I have got things to say about this movie. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, for, I'd say, a good portion of this movie, I thought it was okay. Then the ending came, and the more I think about the ending, the more I'm like, oh, I hate that ending so much. So I'm going to oh, go wow. with you guys, uh, and I'm going to go with disliked. Yeah. Um, See, I guess we can't talk about my, the ending. I'm oh, sorry. No, uh, whenever we do a spoiler cast for this, because I... yeah. We have to do a spoiler. Yeah, cast yeah, we'll do a sip spoil on this. It'll be I, in your uh, podcast feed for sure. Oh, I got things to say. Um, it felt like everybody was a caricature of a specific type of person you see in a crime movie. Like I think that right. the back and forth, the dialogue, and the mannerisms of Rami Malek and Denzel Washington are are some of the most like cliched. You know, like. 
what are you willing to do to get the bag out? I'm willing to go all the way. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. That it, and it's you know it 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 is like they're tr- it's trying to be a serious movie, but I can't take it seriously because everybody is so ridiculous. Yeah. Now you're not you're not wrong. Um, the uh, oh, just make it. It's making me think about scenes when he says that. I'm like, no, you're yeah. totally right. No, uh, that dialogue could be put in like 15 different scenes in this movie, you know, of just like cheesy 1970s detective Dirty Harry dialogue, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it just doesn't work. I, I Yeah, I, I'm feeling what you're feeling, and I too really didn't like uh, the ending. I, f- I found the resolution to this movie completely unsatisfying uh, in in every way. Here's my first question, and maybe this will allow us to start off with maybe a little bit of good. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, I watched a lot of Denzel this weekend, like a lot, a lot of Denzel this weekend Mm -hmm. uh, in preparation for our uh, Best Ever Challenge this week. Mm -hmm. And if there is a consistent theme to Denzel's career, at least with the ones I watched, it's Denzel elevating bad material. Like he just he's so good at what he does that he takes bad material and makes it kind of watchable and i kind of had the same experience here so i was curious uh Andrew, specifically you since you're talking about kind of how cheesy and dumb so much of this is did you think denzel was good uh no not okay not on not on his level it felt like a lot of times and actually this might go more towards rami malik it felt like it wasn't a converse like they weren't having conversations with each other it was like they were spouting dialogue at each other like yes they were just waiting until the other person got talk got done talking so they could say their next line it didn't feel like a real conversation that they were having mm-hmm. like i didn't buy either of these guys especially rami unfortunately at well, that, all that leads me to my main issue and i'm gonna put it in kind of a controversial uh question are we sure Rami Malek is a good actor? I like. I know he has an Oscar now. I know, like, it, well, and you liked Bohemian Rhapsody, Andrew, more than yeah. than I did. Um, I just, I like, I love him in Mr. Robot. I just wonder if he found a perfect like first character, and maybe he just doesn't have a lot of range because I he was so like just deadpan in this movie. Just like there was he- so little to his performance. He's not good in this, um, but it, it's always hard for. But I'm kind of with Andrew. I don't think Denzel's very good in this, and so it it almost makes you wonder if it's just the script. Yeah, could um, be. But also, they weren't playing off each other well. Uh, first off, let me just say, Jared Leto, I thought was terrible, terrible in this movie. <laughs> I thought every decision he made was the wrong decision, <laughs> and there are scenes where. And Leto can be a really good actor. Do not get me wrong, but I just I don't know what it was about this performance, but it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And there's a scene in an interrogation room where Denzel and Rami are so bad, and I think mainly it's because of how Leto plays the scene, and they're having to play off of him, and it's just an absolute disaster of a scene. Um, it's it's crazy. Did you guys look read too read much into this though? I got really curious about this movie, and I found out that Hancock, the director, wrote the screenplay in 1993 uh, for Steven Spielberg. Oh wow! Uh, and Spielberg turned it down. Uh, which could you imagine this being Spielberg's follow up to Schindler's List? 
That'd no. Be insane. No. Uh, no. Yeah. And and that apparently Clint Eastwood was attached to it at one point. Danny DeVito was attached to it, and so was Warren Beatty. Wow. Uh, in the nineties, although I, the Clint Eastwood thing was interesting to me because I was thinking that would have been interesting because Eastwood could have easily played the Denzel character in the nineties, and then Denzel well, could have played the the Rami Malek character. Uh, I think that's sure. kind of the movie you probably would have had. Warren but, Beatty uh, but this and movie, Clint Eastwood. So Dick Tracy <laughs> and Dirty Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but this would have, uh, this movie, this movie is set in the nineties, I guess. I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, but it also, but that's, but, but besides that, it feels like a script that was written in the nineties and was just kind of dusted off. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't even, which makes me wonder like how Hancock even got this made. Of course he ended up directing it himself and I guess he was able to get Denzel attached or whatever. Maybe that's all it took, but, um, this just feels like a leftover film. Yeah. Uh, from that era, and I just, yeah, ugh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, it's a, it's a did, shame. Did, I really want to be saying. Did good you guys things, like but... Leto though? Like, or do you oh, disagree no. with me? Oh on no, what no, I no, said no. About he's Leto? terrible. He's ter and he's terrible yeah, in yeah. a way that feels just so. It, there's just nothing about that performance. Number one, that that rings to be compelling to me in any way. I'm not, I'm not compelled to hate him. I'm not compelled to. Like I think he's going for that. I, I was just, just about to say he's going for something at least. I think the other guys are kind of phoning it in. But the, yeah, that but, was actually my my main thing with Denzel is his almost felt way too laxed. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I know the character was supposed to be kind of that way, I guess, based on past events and everything. But yeah, but, there was something about that that felt a little phoned in. But the second part of what Leto's doing in this that I think is even worse is I think he is drastically undermining the themes of this movie by his performance. And I'll, ex yeah. I'll explain yeah. that a little bit, but this is a movie that is about the idea of detectives having to make assumptions. Like, this is a big part of this movie, is about the idea that police work is assumptions, it's about gut, it's about understanding the little things, right? And he, <laughs> he is specifically not doing little things, He's doing big things. <laughs> like there's, it's just like. <laughs> now, how much no, of that is realize... how much of that is Leto, and how much of that is dialogue? I'm not I, trying to defend Leto. No, here. no, no. It might be yeah. both, but I think Le you know Leto is is chewing scenery when I really think. I, the, okay, if you want to talk about my like the good part of this movie, this will be the pretty much the only good thing I say about it. I think there's an interesting seed of a of a theme and concept here. I think there's a really interesting way this movie could have been made that makes a very interesting point about um assumptions gut detective work is that make it does that make it okay you know like vigilantism there's some there's some really in the seed of something really interesting here that either the writing the direction or the acting or all three just undermine through the entire movie and i just i really think there's something underneath here that could have been interesting could have been really Good. By the way, did you guys did you guys get that they were trying to say that um, a lot of crimes are solved because of the little things? Because I didn't quite catch that. Uh, I think they only said it like eight times. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were serious there for a second. No, just, yeah. No. No. I don't know. I mean, it felt it felt like every other bit of dialogue was Denzel giving him yeah. tips right, about right. how the he little things. He, he should have just each time, each consecutive time, also, pulled out a, a cassette recorder yeah. and just played him in like the little things and just put it back well, in and, his pocket. And since this was written in '93, I was really curious if like 
uh, Hancock based this on the Bush song, which he very well might have, because this movie kind of felt like a yeah a Bush song. It was, uh, you know, there was stuff there that could have worked, but in the end, it was disappointing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> really? Yeah. Disappointing. And I, c- I cannot wait to talk about I will the say themes of this thing, movie and the ending. Ooh. I, yeah. I think I disagree with you guys a little bit on the ending. I don't think the ending works. I do think if this movie had done what Aaron is saying it could have done, that ending would be gangbusters. <laughs> I think. I think. I, I could be wrong because I, we're not getting the movie we, we wanted to get, right? I, so. think, I think you are 100% correct. I think the reason that ending, and we'll talk about it in the Sip Spoil, the reason that ending is so terrible and so unsatisfying is because of how undermined the themes of the movie are. And it just, it again, a different person in uh, or, or performance in the Leto character, I think it changes a lot. I really think that changes a lot. And, of course, the other two performances yeah. need to actually do something too. They really but. they really screwed up the little things is what you're saying. <laughs> they screwed up the big <laughs> to things. To make this to make this a better movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know we're Jared not doing... Leto's Let's go, go ahead, ahead, sorry. I was no, going to say, gonna say I, I know that... Leto... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love delays. Um I was going to say good. that I love the fact that uh I, from what I'm hearing from you guys is that they're uh I don't think we're going to uh, what I hate about the ending is not the same thing you guys hate could about be, the ending. Could be, yeah, could I be. Yeah, very that, well could be. I think that the uh, the overall, the final message that this movie leaves is not one that's uh, warranted for the era we're living in. That's all I'll say. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of Jared Leto gifs and memes from this movie, though. Like, mm-hmm. I the, the, the line that stuck with me was, though, we could even maybe get some tacos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what is going on in this movie? Yeah, it's uh, like, a, can you tell oh my God, that I'm a villainous person? <laughs> By the yeah. way, I can't wait till we talk about Rami Malik. Is it Rami or Rami? I think it's I Rami. Rami. I think it's Rami. Okay, Rami. Rami. Uh, Talk about why he dug a bunch of holes. That 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 scene drove me nuts. But yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, exciting things <sighs> to come in the sift spoil for this one. Uh, so that should be in your feed for whenever you're ready for it. Um, but yeah, overall, the little things. Uh, easy swing and a miss for all three of us. It sounds like I. I this isn't yeah. one I think you need to see. I mean, obviously. And unfortunately. If you've Unfortunately, got it's my Max, number one movie then... of the year for 2021. <laughs> oh, that's because you haven't seen Psycho Gorman. If you saw Psycho Gorman, you would be disagreeing. <laughs> yeah. That is the best film of 2021 so far. Yeah. Of the four I've seen. I've, I've, yeah. got, I've got, thir- I think, 13 2021 releases uh, wow. that I've seen. But that's, a lot of wow. that's because I got them early during screener oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. season and, and well, that and kind of stuff. Well, that's the thing. Are these still going to be 2021 releases if they're nominated for Oscars in 20? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they are. Will. They are. Yeah, yeah. They, they are technically 2021 releases that will be nominated for the 2020 Oscars. It's silly. I don't understand it. I, it's just like, but okay, you did what you did, and now we all have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, all right. Well, before we head into the best ever challenge, just a huge thank you to our uh, members, our Sif Pop members at Patreon. Uh, appreciate you so much. Uh, this is a, a way to support what goes on here, uh, a way to support what goes on at the website, sifpop.com. And uh, you can check out all the information at patreon.com slash sifpop. Uh, we do a weekly bonus podcast for all of our members and we did Jonathan's list of shame game uh, for the bonus bonus podcast 
this week. So if you want to check that out, uh, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash siftpop. And if you are a member, you'll have your own bonus podcast feed that you can import right to your podcast player where all the bonus podcasts just show up uh, like regular. So uh, check that all out at patreon.com slash siftpop. And thank you so much for your support of what goes on here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right. Let's do our best ever challenge. Uh, as mentioned, we're doing best ever Denzel Washington movies. We will go from number five to number one, round robin style. Um, if somebody names a movie that you have higher on your list, you can Bump. trump Oh yes, you can bump it. That's right. Bump. <laughs> what do you what do you say? You say bump? So, yeah. yeah. Somebody so one of the one of the listeners recommended we say bump instead of Trump. I thought that was really funny. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> that's right. You guys did you say Yeah, I remember. Okay. Um so yeah, so if you've got if you've got something that's higher, uh, you can trump that with the word bump or bump that with the word trump either way. Um, so we're going to get into it. Uh, start with number five, and uh, Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five? Man, if you guys have this on your list or higher, if either one of you, we are we are best friends. Uh, no, I went actually, uh, my number five, I, I had about 10 movies that could have been my number five. Right? I felt the same um, way. Yeah. Yeah, so I so I did go for one that maybe is a little more obscure, and but is very, uh, very point, uh, very important I think in his his film career, um, but it's the Mighty Quinn oh. from uh, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, that's an old original. Yeah the the reason I uh, initially watched this one was because uh, back in around eighty nine was when I really started getting into film criticism and I started watching like Siskel and Ebert and this was a movie that was on Roger Ebert's top ten films of nineteen eighty nine. So I think oh. that's a, and I didn't but I didn't really get it because I was only like you know. 13 or whatever at the time when I watched it finally. And so it, it, it kind of just flew over me, but since I've grown older and I've gotten more, especially since I've gotten more into film noir, um, this movie going back to it, it's, it's really stood out for me. So, uh, for those that don't know, Denzel plays a police chief on a small Caribbean Island and, uh, a hotel owner on that Island gets murdered. And one of Denzel Washington's, uh, childhood friends is framed for the or not framed but is as um is the prime suspect spoiler um, yeah <laughs> that's why i don't know why i said framed. i was like wait I'm, I'm saying this totally wrong but he's the chief suspect in the case so it's all about him trying to find out who did it or if his old high school friend was involved and and things of that nature so that part of it is is fine it's a perfectly fine murder mystery if that's all you want to watch but on top of that this is really denzel's first like movie where he starred he had a couple smaller things before this, and he also did um, Sane Elsewhere, of course. But this was really the movie that kind of, I guess in some ways, might have catapulted him a little bit. I know Roger Ebert wrote in his review that this was the kind of movie that turned you into a star overnight. Um, and then, of course, later this year, Glory came out, which really you know, skyrocketed him, obviously. But this is a really, really good movie. It is a very good noir. It's basically like a Caribbean noir which is not something you see that often. And the other thing cool about it is that, of course, it's in color because it's a 1989 as opposed to black and white. 
And it's so it's a really, really sunshine filled noir, which kind of like um kind of like how daytime horror is a little more interesting at times mm-hmm. than yeah. traditional horror film. Totally. I think I think sunny noir <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is pretty fascinating because it's just not a style you see with that type of you know that type of subgenre. Uh, it's got a great supporting cast: Mimi Rogers, Emma Emmett Walsh, uh, James Fox, um, Robert Townsend plays his high school friend that is um, that is uh, the suspect for the murder. So it's just it's a really 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 good movie, and it's a very early performance. But you can see right away that he's he's a star basically. Yeah. So. That's why I put that in number five. I believe cool. they call I believe they call that uh, that genre sun noir. Sun noir. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sun noir. Sun noir. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll go second. I have Unstoppable as my number five. Uh, nice. I hmm. I really like this movie. As you know, as the f- some of the movies that this movie beat out to be in my top five, I may lose my movie critic card. I'm just telling you, <laughs> like it's one of those things. But I just have so much fun uh, with this just simple, intense train movie with Chris Pine and Denzel. There's something about the characters I really buy into. I think it's well paced, well structured, and I just I dig it. It compels me from beginning to end. So. Uh, I have a lot of fun with Unstoppable. This is, am I allowed to say something's in my honorable mentions? Yeah, sure. Of course. Go for yeah, it. This of course. is in my honorable mention. This made my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I, it's Tony Scott's last film, right? Which uh, R.I.P. Tony Scott. That's true, yeah. And he's one of he's one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, this is definitely the latter part of his, like the last like 10 years of his directing. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably his best film yeah. uh, that he made in that time period. So it's a lot uh, of fun. I agree. We're, we're going to talk about Tony Scott later on in this list, but... Uh... Yeah, I yeah. hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'll say this about Unstoppable: it's better than it deserves to be. <laughs> right? You know, it's it it sound it, when you see the premise, you think, "Oh, that is just a cheesy B action movie," and it is. But it's a good cheesy B action yes. movie with good character development and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's jaw. I heard somebody describe it as Jaws with a train, and <laughs> yes. I, I think that's a legit comparison because the train is basically a killer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know. All right, nice, so. good. I'm glad I got got a little backup on that one. Uh, yeah. Andrew, what do you got at number five? Well, Jonathan mentioned my number five, and that's Glory. Uh, it's such a powerful movie. The fact that uh, you have. Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, and Morgan Freeman in this movie about something that is so powerful. These This squad of African Americans fighting for their freedom, you know? And the turmoil and struggles that they go through along the way. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I'll just say that it's uh, it's it's not a happy ending movie. Uh, in in the, I guess the normal sense, you know, like if you think about how the Civil War ended, then yes, you know what they were fighting for was just. But uh, for the characters, it's 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 a tragic ending, and it was like one of the first movies. I'm like, oh, I didn't know movies could end that way. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, I love Glory. I think it's a f- phenomenal movie. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, it is in my honorable mentions. Uh, I rewatched it this weekend. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. 
And man, is Denzel amazing in this movie. He absolutely mm-hmm. 100% deserves his Oscar for this. Uh, he's yeah. incredible. Everybody's good, but he's operating on another level even than Morgan Freeman is in this movie, Matthew Broderick. Uh, you know, he's just, he is really portraying something interesting too because his character is also wants to fight. But, yeah. is, but is also very aware of the reality of the situation. Like, the, the, the character that he plays in Glory is more prescient than any character in the movie. And understanding, he says something, he has a, a monologue at one point about, this doesn't change anything. Like, he, you know, even even if we win, you know. Oh, that one hurts. Oh, that right? one hurts. Yeah. Because because he's right, and you know, I mean, guys, I, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not trying to be political at all when I say this. This is just a fact. There was a Confederate flag in the Capitol building. Like that's that's yeah. just a fact. Somebody took a Confederate flag into the Capitol building. Um, you know, so be, you just you look at that and you go, yeah, the the ramifications of this war, eighty or no, one hundred and sixty years later, um, it's we're still we're still dealing with it. So you know, like it's just it's it's a really it's a powerful movie. I was I was re, yeah. you know, really impressed rewatching it. It's a great it's a great movie. I'm glad Andrew put it on his list. The the only which I probably had way too much anxiety over making a silly list, but um, <laughs> yeah. the only hiccup I had with putting this on the list was I don't know that this is a Denzel Washington movie. Um, oh, we the, should clarify then. It doesn't have to be a Denzel Washington oh, I understand movie. That. It's like. A movie that he's in, so like yeah. I don't want you to think that we're ranking Denzel Washington performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's he could and have I, like a three minute part in the movie, but if it's a great movie, yeah. it's going to be like number <laughs> and one. And I knew that, I knew okay. that going in. I just saying for me personally, when I was making the list, that was just kind of a, sure. a, a something I did on my own because he's also in a. What well, I'll talk about that in honorable mentions. There's another really good movie he's in that he's bare. He's even in less than this. Um, hmm. That, but as but as a movie, Glory, you know is probably the second or third greatest movie in my opinion he's been in. So yeah. I, I do think it's a great movie. Yeah. No, it's 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 really great. And I was really glad I rewatched it. Um all right, on to our number fours, Jonathan. Uh, what do you got at number four? Uh I think this is gonna get bumped based on what Andrew said, but uh Crimson Tide is my number four. Uh I also I also have it at number four. Uh Andrew, you still want to bump it? <laughs> no, it was like th- my number six in honorable mention. Oh, okay, oh, well, oh nice. I just heard you mention we'll we'll be talking about Tony Scott again. So I Oh thought, we will. I thought we that will. Was, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh Don't worry. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't Okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah. I hope I know what you're talking about. There's yeah. uh, but anyways, um I, I I just totally forgot he did so many movies with him for some reason. So you oh have yeah Tony yeah Tony yes. Tony Scott and Denzel worked a lot together. They yeah. had some crazy movies. Yeah, Crimson Tide is great. Yeah, I yeah. love Crimson Tide. Uh, yeah, it's my number four. I don't. I mean, I don't really. It's uh, it's one of those like mano mano movies, mm-hmm. I guess, where yeah. you've just got two actors just going at each other for a couple hours. It's so good. And in this case, you have like Gene Hackman in his prime yeah. going up against Denzel. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just it's really really good. I'm I'm actually not a huge submarine thriller guy, but I really really like this one. And yep. it's very intense, it's very thrilling. Um unlike Unstoppable, I think I think it's a, I think it's a little smarter than Unstoppable. Uh, if we're comparing the Tony Scott stuff, but there is some, there is some silly stuff in this movie. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and then it's probably, it's probably now most famous or infamous for uh, Tarantino getting uh, on scolded on set by Denzel Washington. <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
for uh, for some for some dialogue he chose to write in some of his other movies. But uh, Tarantino did have some uh, influence on this script, which I think it's pretty yeah. obvious the parts that are his. The Silver Surfer uh, dialogue. Yeah, there's a and yeah, yeah, definitely the Silver Surfer scene. But uh, no, I just. I just love this movie, and it it might not be Denzel Washington's best performance, but it's one of my personal uh, favorites. Yeah, it's great. It uh, it was my favorite submarine movie until I knocked Hunt for Red October off of my uh, off of my uh, list of shame. Yeah. Last oh year. yeah, I'm a, I'm with you there. Hunt for Red October is so good, top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. It was my number four yeah. as well. Um. Yeah, I, I really dig this movie, Andrew. What do you have at number four? Oh, this will probably get Trump, but I'm going to go with Training Day. I actually, I have it in honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah, yeah, I actually okay. didn't include. I mean, and, and what's weird is uh, I'm surprised both Jonathan and I have it in honorable mentions because for many people, this would be an easy number one. Yeah, this like, is number one know, for a lot of people. A lot of people. So, yeah. Well, it, he just has a lot of great movies, guys. Yeah, he really yeah. does. But I think that whenever you think of like the epitome of a Denzel Washington performance, I think a lot of people think Training Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And while he is, you know, giving a, like, career performance in this movie, I think that, um, oh, why, am I, why is my brain Ethan doing Hawk? this thing? Ethan Hawke is, like, right there with him. Like, he's, yes, he's supposed to be, you know, more timid around him and stuff, but I think by the end of this movie, he's going toe-to-toe with Denzel mm-hmm. as far as, like, a, you know, like, going back and forth at each other. Um, what a... F- it's a fun movie. What a fun, like, not like happy go lucky. I was going to say it's a weird but, movie to, to, no, to no. call fun. It's a, it's a it's a fun and like a it's a movie that draws you in and you it, it won't let you go until the end of it where you're like I can't take my eyes off of this. This is insane. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting take on the uh, cop drama for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Is, no, it's it it's really good. It's really good. It it's is just I don't I don't think I've ever quite gotten to that level that some people get with it. But it's a yeah, it's a really good movie. I don't know what it's, else to say. I mean, about it's it. obviously an astonishing performance. It's obviously a you know a bravura performance mm-hmm. from uh, from Denzel in this movie. So I totally get it. It does it does hold its place as one of the only movies. Uh, my wife has refused to be in the room for. <laughs> like, interesting. Oh, interesting. You know, it's it was one of those movies where she's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. And she she just left. I think a lot of that had to do with a certain word that got used a lot in this movie. That uh, <laughs> My buddy. <laughs> no, well, my no, buddy. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even that one. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, and was, we should. It was it was it was it rough. So, yeah, we should say, too, I mean, this is one of the few I think this is one of I mean, this would be one of the few movies where he's like just a straight up villain. Yeah, um, totally. Which is different. Right. Because mostly he's typically the leading man and he's the leading man in this movie. It's just it's well, maybe not. Maybe Ethan Hawke is actually. I agree with you, Andrew, though. I think Hawke is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he absolutely stays in step with Washington the whole way. I, I and I have heard uh, through interviews and some other things that he he knew that he had to bring it and that he you know yeah. he treated it like a, you know like a big boxing match in some ways like he trained. Speaking of training day, uh, he you know he, <laughs> he trained to be able to you know stand his ground as a performance in this movie and you can tell he put a lot of work into it and it pays yeah. off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm trying to think, but I think this might be my favorite Antoine Fuqua movie as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, it is. 
<laughs> I just said you might be right. You're talking about your personal favorite. I'm telling you you're right. No, I mean, just like that might be his best movie. Well, I, I you're, you're, you, you weren't wrong because I said this might be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you might be right is correct. So <laughs> Facts. Yeah, just it facts is. right there. I yeah. am telling you, Andrew, this is your favorite. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Number three. What do you got, Jonathan? Uh... I've got, uh, this is another one. Um, this actually came out the same year as Crimson Tide. And I, I might be a bigger fan of this than most people, but it's Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, this is, I haven't uh, seen this one. This is Carl Franklin directed this. Carl Franklin is one of those directors that I feel like never really got a fair shake. Probably a lot because this movie didn't do well. Uh, before this, he had directed this really cool noir from, uh, neo-noir from 92 with Bill Paxton called uh, One False Move. Uh, which is, or maybe that's 93, but it's a couple years before this really good movie. And then he, uh, off of that, he got to do this movie with Denzel and it didn't, it didn't perform that well. This is based on uh, a novel by the great Walter Mosley. Uh, this is actually the first in a series of novels, the easy Rollins novels. Uh, so in a perfect world, this would have become a really cool franchise. Uh, but Denzel plays, um, easy Rollins, who is a guy that is, um, uh, he just lost his job. He's, Pretty, this is this also, unlike Mighty Quinn, which was kind of a present-day noir, this is a noir that's set more in the correct time. This is set in 1948. And uh, uh, he plays a character that's really desperate for a job. He kind of falls backwards into a PI job where he is looking for a missing person played by Jennifer Beals from uh, Flashdance fame. And uh, this, is just, this is just a really cool uh, mystery. Um, from start to finish, and it just looks amazing. Uh, Franklin just shoots the crap out of this movie. It's so fun to watch. It's just, it's so easy to get like soaked up into it, you yeah. know, because it's just so cool to watch. Um, and then it's also got um, who else was in this? Tom uh, Sizemore. I'm going play. Tom Don Sizemore. Cheadle. Don Cheadle is in this movie. I already mentioned Jennifer Beals. Uh, yeah. I should also mention Carl Franklin and Denzel worked again together on a really Rancher. fun movie, Out of Time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, also, so, uh, Walter Mosley worked with Denzel on Manchurian Candidate as well. Oh, interesting. I did not know that he had he had something to do with that. That's really cool. He um, wrote it. But yeah. Huh? I think he wrote it, didn't he? Walter Mosley. He might have. I mean, Manchurian? it's based on an older movie, so I don't know who wrote the updated screenplay. But um, but this has always been one of my favorites. This is my second personal favorite uh, Denzel performance. Oh, nice. Um, I I think he's just outstanding in this movie, and I, I really hope, I, I just, I always try to get more eyes on this one. I don't know how easy it is to find right now. Um, I don't think, I don't know that it's ever been released on Blu-ray. Maybe it has. Uh, I didn't look it up before this, but um, but I, I know I own it on DVD, but uh, yeah. it's a great movie. Check it out. So no uh, nice. dev, Devil on a Blu-ray. Uh, there's no, no I, Devil on a there, Blu-ray. It probably is. I probably am completely wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my number three is probably one that uh, is is very just personal specific to me. But boy, did I love Book of Eli! Uh, so this is a good this, movie. I, I think it is. It is. A good movie. I I, a I good really movie. enjoy it. I there's a lot made about twisty movies, right? Like movies that have big story turns at the end that, that kind of change rewatches and those kind of things. And this this movie is one that people have put into that category. I don't know that that's I don't know that that's the reason I love this movie. I, I think I really love it for its themes, uh, mm -hmm. for the performance. Um, I I love it for its look. Um, I just I think this is is a really compelling watch, even beyond kind of the the story turn uh, idea and the kind of the rewatchability. This... Although that's I mean that's fun. It's fun to rewatch this movie after you've seen it the first time, but. Um, but yeah, 
this this feels like an Aaron movie. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't know no, what that right. means, but when you say like when I remember when we were going to talk about this on behind the scenes, I was like, I bet Aaron loves this movie. Yeah. So yeah, whatever it is, it is about I it, do. Just is I do I like, do love it. I do love it very much. Yeah. So, yeah. It, that's it was close three. to making my top five. It was really close. I think this is actually a fun movie. the The fight choreography is great. There's the and I love the way that it like Aaron said the way it's shot. There's that scene where they're fighting in the underpass and it's just the silhouettes of them yeah mm-hmm. and you're like oh this is a beautiful way it's very uh kill bill i guess you know but it was yeah yeah it's it's a good good movie and great there's also an incredible wonder in this movie where the camera follows like a bullet through a bullet hole and then through a house and then back out and oh you threw the tv and yeah stuff. yeah yeah yeah, and a- I, I think this is the this is the Hughes brothers, right? Or one of the Hughes brothers. It's the the people behind Menace to Society and uh, Dead that, Presidents and Could be. Could be. Very good director. Um, it is. Yes, Hughes brothers both yep. did it. Andrew, what's your number three? Uh well, I'm gonna go with what I think is Denzel Washington's greatest performance out of any movie. A lot of people would say training day. I personally would say fences. Very nice. Wow. So very nice. Yeah. Um, not only his best performance, but also uh, you. It's it, it's hard to put into words how good he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. The because I've said this a thousand times since I saw it that I thought nobody would ever live up to James Earl Jones in this movie, uh, the way he did on the stage play. But Denzel mm-hmm. exceeds exceeds everything that James Earl Jones did. And not only is Denzel Washington doing what I think is his best per- performance out of his career, Viola Davis is right there with him, man. She is such a fascinating character. The, 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 the emotional journey that the beginning of this movie takes you on with the whole, Dad, why don't you love me? Or, Dad, why don't you like me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You think that the whole thing is going to turn out, I don't like you, I love you, you're my son. <laughs> but the, but if you think that that's the way that conversation is going to go, <laughs> you are sorely mistaken. It, it it gets rough and somehow real in a, in a horrifying way. And that, that relationship, that conversation is the foundation for the rest of the movie. It, it gives you an idea of who these characters are and... If they're gonna change, how they'll change? It's, it's like uh, it's like One Night in Miami in the sense that it's a great caricature piece, but unlike my One Night in Miami, where you have four amazing performances, I think Denzel is the main focus of this with it with a phenomenal support by Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah. It's I just remember thinking that this is acting the movie. Um, you know, yeah. like there, there's so so much incredible work going on here. Denzel is amazing in this, and yet somehow Viola, I think, is even better. Like I just think really? she's yeah, I think she's just astonishing in this movie. Um, but I certainly I had it my honorable mentions. Uh, it is is definitely powerful. Yeah. Powerful I, piece. I sadly have not seen it. Uh, it was one I was going to try to get to uh, this weekend, but I just I didn't have the time. But I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, yeah, at yeah. some point I've always wanted to as big of a Denzel fan as I don't know why I haven't yet but uh yeah. and it looks right August up my alley Wilson. yeah so yep all right uh, on to our number twos what do you got Jonathan um well he did a lot of movies with Tony Scott he also of course did a lot of movies with Spike Lee uh my number two is Inside Man Bump. um which okay <laughs> 
Fair enough. We'll talk about it here in a second. Love it. Uh, Love it. Uh, <laughs> my number two is Philadelphia. Uh, that's what I have at number two. Um, Honorable mention. Yeah, I, I, I need to revisit this one uh, mm-hmm. because I, I, I would like to see again with fresher eyes. But I just remember just being blown away uh, by the performances, by the subject matter. Um, anytime a like a court drama uh is good it just owns me i just for whatever there's Absolutely. just something yeah. about courtroom dramas that i just i don't know i i really dig them and they're uh, inherently suspenseful yeah just, they yeah they know have what you're getting into to them yeah 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 i so yeah this is this is uh one of my favorites and well you know a real a real breakthrough for for hanks too in his dramatic chops so yeah. absolutely absolutely this is uh this is really good and hanks is excellent in this movie but i this is one of those i think denzel's better mm-hmm. um i i think i think he's giving the more interesting performance in this yeah. movie i think his character is is uh is really interesting you know the way he reacts to even representing hanks character in the movie is is just fascinating and it's it's something like i just don't feel like they would do today Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels very realistic, especially in '93. You know that feels like a very realistic way approach. So, mm-hmm. sure. uh, and Jonathan Demme directs it. Uh, it's great. It was his. I guess it was his follow up to Silence of the Lambs. Um. So yeah, I agree with you. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Good. All right. That's my number two. What do you got at uh, number two, Andrew? Uh, my number two. This is where my Tony Scott movie's coming in with Man on Fire. Um. Nice. This I was movie terrified you were going to say taking a Pelham one two three. Go ahead. <laughs> oh God, no! Sorry, Travolta. I'm sorry. You you didn't quite make my list. No, uh, Man on Fire is an insanely intense movie. A lot of people like they look at uh, Taken as like the movie mm-hmm. where it's like the revenge for to get back the little girl and like oh yeah, this is the movie started all. No, it was Man on Fire and it was way more brutal than Taken ever was. Sorry Leslie Nielsen, but you don't really hold a candle to Man on Fire. <laughs> this is a it's a beautiful movie because it makes Mexico a character in this movie. Uh it uh, I think it's uh Mexico City is where this takes place. Um and it's just a tour de force of action. The way Tony Scott, he is—he was a very visual. Uh, he was a very visual mm-hmm. director. The way he he chose to direct his movies, it was very stylized. And this one is no exception. The way uh, it does, like a a glitching effect, like whenever it transitions into uh, another scene, uh, is just beautiful. And of course, you have the amazing Christopher Walken dialogue of his. He is a painter, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. You know that whole speech <laughs> that he gives. It, it's one of my favorite things. It's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, uh, his art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. Is I think what it is. It, it's just such. It just. It's kind of a John Wick sort of thing, like where they're building up John Wick in the beginning of that movie. Christopher Walken is building up Denzel Washington. Also, I, I can't stop talking about this movie. Um, Seeing the transition of him going from a suicidal alcoholic in this movie to having a purpose and then having that purpose taken away from him, that is how you do a revenge story. You give a real, meaningful attachment to what they are trying to avenge, and that is one of the best driving forces for a movie. So, yes. 
I've only seen Anya it the Manofire. I've only seen it the one time. Um, there was another one I was hoping to get to revisit, and I just didn't have time. But I do mm. remember liking it. This was one Tony Scott was supposed to do. He wanted to do it early in his career, and I don't yeah. remember. I think something he made didn't do as well at the box office, so it just didn't happen. Maybe it was The Hunger. I don't remember, but um, they did make this movie in the early '90s. I've heard it's terrible. I've never seen it. Uh, somebody else made it, and uh, I remember this being really good. Yeah, um, no, it's yeah. definitely on my honorable mentions. I do have to yeah. say it was very interesting in your passion. You, I believe, accidentally called Liam Neeson Leslie Nielsen. Uh, and no, I no, just... the Naked Gun, the, the Naked Gun movies are right up there. Yeah. Man like, on Fire. That, that version... Leslie Nielsen's great in this. What are you talking yeah. about? Yes. He's amazing. Leslie Nielsen in Taken is just something I need to see. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you said that. Oh well, if he had still been around, that parody would have yeah. happened. Yeah. Oh, let's gosh. be honest. I think yeah. the closest they got was uh, wrongfully accused, where he yeah. was doing the uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> yes. What was that movie that they were the presumed fugitive. innocent? Fugitive. The fugitive. Oh man. <laughs> Wrongfully Accused is one of the funniest movies yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely underappreciated. Yeah. I, I think that means right. we're on to our number ones. Uh, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, what do you got at number one? Uh, my number one is another Spike Lee movie. Uh, I almost had three on this list, actually. Yeah. But uh, this was this was always my number one. I never had any doubt in my mind that it was going to be Malcolm X. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad one of yeah. us had Malcolm X uh, on the list and at, at number one because, man, what a what an incredible epic. Like, it's just it, so good. It is. And, and I've talked to Aaron about this because Aaron loves biopics. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand biopics normally. Ooh. And this is like a three and a half hour biopic. It's long. It's <laughs> but, a long one. Yeah. But Spike Lee. I, Spike Lee is one of my favorite directors, and um, he, the way he directs this movie, he makes it interesting. Like his style on this biopic is is so much more interesting than most of these types of films are. Mm-hmm. It is definitely showing like a chronological version of his life. I mean, it is doing those things, but it's just the way he interacts, the way he uses like you know news footage, and just I don't know. It's just the way he puts the movie together, and Denzel's performance is just ridiculous. Um, uh, this might be like a like top ten all time performance. It's crazy for me. good. It's so crazy. It's good. just he capt- He's in almost every scene. He captures your attention the whole way through, and it's just I don't I don't know what to say about it that hasn't been said. But it's my favorite Spike Lee movie. I think it's Spike Lee's best movie, and I think it's uh, I think it's the best movie Denzel's ever been in, and I think it's his best performance. So it was it was kind of hard not to put this. Sure, in of one. course. I you know I I think it's also a, a real nice companion piece to One Night in Miami. Like yeah. to yeah. to yeah. to get the full breadth in Sky rewatched this uh, this movie this this weekend as well to get the full breadth and scope of uh, Malcolm X's life and then to underst- and then to go zoom into one night of Malcolm X's life yeah even though it's kind of a, you know a fictionalized storytelling um, but it really gives you more a sense of that character and where they are in that moment in you know in their transition. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I was really glad that uh, that I had watched. Uh, I mean, it was it's also it's the movie that brings everything together this week too, right? Like on the show, yeah. Like, <laughs> Malcolm X is the the movie of the week <laughs> because you've yeah. got Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, you've got Denzel in in uh, the Little <laughs> Things, and then you've got the best Denzel Washington movie. So yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm glad we're we're you know we're giving it some love because uh, it's it's incredible. It's good stuff. Yeah, you can tell that for Spike Lee, Denzel, and pretty much for everybody they understood you can tell it was an important movie for them to make like uh, mm-hmm. the the subject matter and everything that they really wanted to put forth 
beyond their best effort and it shows it really does and i think i i it's been a while since i've read about it i think this was one spike really fought for too because i think at one point spielberg was maybe attached Mm. to this movie it was somebody like that it was definitely it was a white director of of you know that maybe scores i think it was spielberg i don't think it was like scorsese or anybody i think it was spielberg but i know there was something going on at the time Mm. uh and spike just fought for it and you know he, he he got it so, and I'm glad he did. And yeah. I'm I'm glad for so many reasons, including that incredible uh, bold suited scroll uh, stroll <laughs> that that he makes with Denzel early in this movie, where they've got their suits on and they are just styling and profiling, uh, and it's just it's amazing. I absolutely love it. And spite, which I mean, obviously with Andrew, I assume that's what his number one's going to be when he bumped it when I said it. But you can, I mean, you can tell Spike is such a is just such a fan of movies, and yeah. I, I think this, even though maybe that gets overshadowed a little bit with the powerful message and stuff coming through, but there's a lot of love given, a lot of you know Easter eggs and stuff like that given to older film in this movie, which is really cool as well. Yeah. Um. So my number one is the same as Andrew's number one. Let's talk about the Inside Man. Wow. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear you guys love this movie so much. It, it is my favorite Spike Lee movie. Um, yeah, mine too. And it is my favorite Denzel movie as well. Uh, I rewatched it as well this weekend. And Me too. it is so good. Uh, this movie is so well constructed. Um, it is so tightly woven. The performances are great. The character work is so great. The, the way you care about... Um, you know, both what is going on with the mystery as well as what is going on with the characters is just, it's just a such a great balancing act. It is also a very uh, a story turn, rewatch it a second time with different eyes kind of movie, uh, like was mentioned with Book of Eli. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I really love everything about this movie. It's so good. So good. So good. I think that for me, this is the best heist movie ever made in the sense that I think it's the most logical and realistic type of heist that could happen. I, don't get me wrong. I love the Oceans movies. I think they're great. But I think they spend $5 million to do a $6 million heist, you know? So <laughs> it, it's like with the amount of money they spend on like preparation and everything, this one seems like the amount of... We're going to substitute spending... On just time. We're going to spend time preparing for the ultimate heist. And we're going to do it. And I think that it's... Yes, you have uh, the the great dynamic with Denzel and this crew of uh, robbers. But then you have the introduction of uh, the Jodie Foster character. And how she is like kind of working her way with uh, Christopher Plummer. And to this really interesting and fascinating side plot that I'm equally interested in. Like, what are they going to, what are they trying to do? Cause I think Jodie Foster's character is, you know, she's confident and sexy and very mysterious. And you're like, what is this character up to? And she is just willing to do anything and everything for her client. And I think that she has a really, really good job. Also, you, uh, we can't forget that, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Washington's like, uh, a partner in this. And, they're just great. Ugh, this movie. Yeah. I want to watch it again, like right now. It's, it, yeah, it's so good. Um, 
and I was remind I forgot about how great Foster was in this until I did the rewatch this weekend. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, this is a great movie. Um, this is probably Spike Lee's most mainstream movie. It is. I would say it's probably why it's I definitely like it the most. <laughs> it's definitely his most genre yeah. uh, movie. Which I and I love that he did this because I almost feel like this was him saying like I can do a genre film just as good as anybody else. Because <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, you know, cause he's had, you know, he's gone up, he's had a lot of ups and downs in his career as far as being able to get movies financed and stuff like that. So, and he seems to kind of be back on a high right now with like Defy Bloods and stuff, which is good. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think this movie's great. I, it doesn't, the only reason it's not like right at the top of my Spike Lee favorite films is just because I do feel like some of his films are a little more powerful than this one. And that's sure. But this movie isn't trying to oh. be powerful and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You know, yeah. I, this is like the most 40 something white guy thing ever said on a podcast, but I love heist movies. <laughs> um, and uh, this is one of the best. And I do think this is a lot better than the oceans than oceans 11, even though I do love oceans 11, but no, this is way better. I, I agree with you, Andrew. Clive yeah. Owen is an awesome. Villain. Oh, just so calm. Um, so yeah. calm. Oh, I love, it's actually eerie. I just, yeah, absolutely. Because you never really know, right? You never, yeah. you never quite know what he's capable of doing. And they, this movie does a really good job of keeping everything to the vest until the end. Even though what's interesting about it, it also plays with time a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, where yeah. you're going back and forth, which actually, I know Aaron and I have been talking about recently. This is something that kind of annoys us in a lot of current films, but I think here it's justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think it tells the story in a much more interesting way. Um, so, and talk about an ending that works versus like what we were talking yeah. about with little things. Um, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> this is a good ending. <laughs> yeah. One of the best the thing with the, the thing with the flash forwards huh. in this is that it doesn't yeah. hint at all towards the reveal. I guess you could say it's, no, it's not at all. It, it, and, if anything, it kind of adds to the mystery, which is yes. really hard to do to have flash forwards add to the mystery. So, yeah, Spike, it's so good. But I don't for one second begrudge Malcolm X being your number one. That is a powerful movie. And if, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned it's it's not of Spike's stuff. It's, it's not, you know, the message stuff isn't like right there at the priority, like do the right thing or Malcolm X or, or those kind of stuff. But, but honestly, rewatching it this weekend, I remembered how much there is, uh, how much racial conversation there is in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He, he does some really interesting things and brings some things home. You know, there's a moment, there's a few moments with a racist cop and just <laughs> keep those, the color commentary to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but th- those are some interesting conversations. There's uh, a really interesting sit down with a Sikh and, kind of, you know, he's, uh, you know, wants his turban. Oh, and, yeah. and like there's, there's just, mm-hmm. there's some really well, great and, racial uh, stuff going on here. So, Denzel yeah. is. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, you find out Denzel is in trouble, like has been mm-hmm. accused of something. You right. know that whole thing yeah. is definitely racially driven, mm-hmm. um, and how he is able to kind of fix it. And I, I also I love that storyline because you don't really ever find out the. I don't mean I don't want to spoil anything, but you don't really ever find out the answer to that, which is interesting. Like well, I don't think intentionally. He did it. Well, at the end of the movie, not to give it away, they uh, yeah. they they come back and they say. Uh, hey, you know that money? Uh, we found it. He's like, oh, where was it? Was it in my bank account? He's like, yeah, no, was it yeah. in your house? He's like, no. He's like, well, then I yeah. don't want to know where it was. I mean, I think the <laughs> so movie good. is definitely, I think it's definitely leaning towards he didn't do it. But I'm just saying oh, yeah. it is a little open-ended. Like you could you could see a way through there where, which is interesting. We mentioned, take I mentioned taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3 because 
that has a story that has a B-side storyline like that too and it's handled so differently mm-hmm. and not as well, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um apparently uh, Denzel likes trains. Yes. And <laughs> in, in trainings, trains and trains. Yes, training and trains. <laughs> um yeah, I uh I would say a huge recommend obviously uh as mentioned in the live chat, it is available on Peacock. Um and if you have ad-free Peacock. Yeah, that's how I watched it. If you have uh, ad-free Peacock, you can get it without ads, um you know, if you um but also you can do the free version of Peacock with ads. Um, it's available too. So yeah, first world problems. I own Inside Man, but it was a DVD. Not only was it a DVD, but it was full screen, and I did try <laughs> to watch it. And I was like, "What is this?" So I was like, <laughs> "Thankfully, it was on Peacock." And uh, nice. I actually got to see the whole screen, and it was nice. nice. Uh, all right, let's do some honorable mentions before we get to our own. Uh, we will go with some in the chat. Fallen is being talked about. Uh, yes, I, I just that's re- on mine. Just recently watched this. I did not enjoy it as much as uh, as Jonathan. Although I I do I do appreciate what it's trying to do. It just had mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, a lot of over the topness that I kind of rolled my eyes at. Well, and it's that is a straight up genre movie. Yeah, there's sure. nothing. I mean, sure. it's just a it's just kind of a fun movie. Yeah, and it's one I can see people falling in love with again because of the end. There's a you know there's a story turn at the end that's actually kind of bold, and I you know I give yeah. the movie credit for it. So I, I, it's weird. I still don't know if it works. I, but but I like the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 with you. Um, let's Every see. time I watch it, I'm I'm kind of like, did that did that actually work? I don't know. Some love for Man on Fire is in there. Remember the Titans mm-hmm. was mentioned uh, in the yeah. chat. People loving Remember nice the movie. Titans. I'm surprised. I'm, that's the one movie I'm surprised none of us mentioned in our top five. I, you know, it's a like I said, it's a very it's a nice movie. <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's it's a good hearted. It's yeah. a nice movie. I don't yeah. know what else to say about it. It's like the it's like the definition of a three star movie, in my opinion. Mm. Um, what about you guys? What are some of your honorable mentions? I got a bunch, but I'll I'll wait till you guys go. Okay, Jonathan, why don't you go first uh, then? Well, I mentioned I almost had three Spike Lee movies. The other one was He Got Game. Uh, yeah. that was yeah. that was in contention for my number five. I think that's a. It is a sports movie, but I, I don't. It's just one of the most interesting movies of its type I, that I've ever seen, and the father son dynamics in that movie are just so interesting. And then I can't even. I'm trying to remember who was the Milwaukee Bucks player. Ray that, Allen. Ray Allen. Thank you. I yeah. can't think of the name for some reason. Um, he's actually really good. Okay, um, let's talk about this. I just watched this yesterday, for the first time. I'd never seen he yes. got game, which is a surprise to me because I love Denzel and I love basketball. Basketball is easily yes. my favorite sport. Um, and I thought for sure this had a, a lot going for me. I did not like this movie. And I, and I, oh, interesting. I, for me, there's, there's part of Spike Lee's, uh, the way he makes films that I find distracting. He, he, mm-hmm. he, it, I can see that. And I get, I get it's part of his fingerprint, right? Like the, he really puts a fingerprint. This, this felt uh, one of the most Spike Lee movies I've ever seen. Like <laughs> the way he's yeah. jumping to different things, all the Mia, uh, Mia Jovovich stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the way he jumped into that and made that a big part. Like, I just, I, I was really, um, anytime it was father, son, it's, I was in, but that's not yeah. a lot of the movie. It, you, it's, it's a messy, it's a messy movie. Yeah, it's and really I think messy. that's yeah. why it initially didn't make my top five, but it's just, but despite all the mess, I just, I love it. So. Yeah, no, I, and, and I get it. And again, I'm coming to it late too. So there's, there's, yeah. there's that part of it as well. Um, but I didn't think Ray Allen was that. I thought he was sports good. Like he's good for a, like an yeah, athlete, but I, I, didn't, sh- I, I no, almost I, wish they had cast an actor instead of an athlete. I gotcha. No, that's fair. I, yeah, I should say, 
I guess I just thought he was good considering it was, you know, he had never done a movie right. or anything. Right. I thought yeah. he was perfectly served. And then I should mention Mo Better Blues is is definitely one I enjoy. I, I don't love it, but it's definitely one I thought was worth mentioning. Um, I, we already mentioned Out of Time. I actually like The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, re, I, the original is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, oh, yeah. Same goes for Taking a Pelham 123, actually. The original Taking a Pelham 123. But I do, there's something about the Manchurian Candidate remake that I enjoy. It's very well made. Uh, you know, Jonathan Demi directed it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love Meryl Streep as a villain. I think that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoy it. Taking a Pelham 123 is stupid, but it's it's kind of fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, and yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to take too many away, but I will mention the Bone Collector just because I'm. Such I was going to be the first fan. one I mentioned. I yeah. like the Bone Collector. Okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, I it's do. A, too. It's an interesting version of a detective movie. It's a lot better yeah. of a de- detective movie than the Little Things. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. It's an interesting take because it's kind of like Angelina Jolie is the surrogate detective. You know, she's the body for Denzel Washington's mind. And if you don't know what the movie's about, that probably sounds really weird, but I think that it's an interesting take on this rookie detective and how a fresh set of eyes and at the same time combined combining that with, you know, a a very seasoned and well trained veteran of the force to take down a serial killer. I think it's a mm-hmm. it's a fun and thrilling movie. It's really uh it's not quite to the level of seven disturbing, but it's yeah. It's it's not you know not disturbing. <laughs> it's not. No, not I agree disturbing. with you. And like and like Devil in a Blue Dress, it's based on the first novel in a series uh, by the author is uh, Jeffrey Deaver. It's the Lincoln Ryan oh. series. Uh, they actually NBC recently had a TV show that only lasted a season uh, based on them too. But um, the one thing that's weird about the movie though is they changed the killer from the book, which really that doesn't usually work. But here, I think it actually was a was it might have been better. Actually, the movie, I mean, might have been a, yeah. it might have been a good call on the movie's part. I, I don't I don't think they would have been able to pull it off the way they do in the book in the movie. It was kind of one of those things where visually, I don't think they would have been able to make it work. So they changed it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I'll just mention a couple in, and then Andrew, you can mention whatever's left uh, cool, on yeah. your list. Um, I have to mention Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I know. I, I like Much Ado About Nothing. I, I just I have the Shakespeare thing, and actually Denzel loves Shakespeare too. I'm really excited for mm-hmm. the Coen Brothers Macbeth or or whatever yes. that's supposed to come out this year with Denzel. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I really dig uh, Shakespeare. Kenneth uh, Branagh Shakespeare is one of my favorites. Uh, in uh, Much, once Much again Ado though. Great. For my personal list making, that one just didn't count. Sure, yeah, because, that's why I threw yeah, an honorable mention. And, and Keanu is so bad. He's, he really is bad. Oh, it doesn't God. bother me too much, but yeah, he, he's definitely bad. <laughs> but it, no, it's great. The scene with Kenneth Branagh and the fold-up chair or yeah. whatever it is he has. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just One of my all-time favorite scenes in a movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, and Michael Keaton's great in that movie. I, he yeah. pops in for he's a sandwich. Awesome. Yeah, He's um, awesome. Uh, and then I just want to mention, I don't think either of these are great, but they're worthy of mention because there's enough in them that, that, uh, that I enjoyed, um, Magnificent Seven, I thought was worth mentioning and, uh, Flight was also worth mentioning. Flight, Um, Flight was one that almost made my list as well. I forgot about that one. Yep. Andrew, what do you got left? Uh, well, the first one I have to mention is The Hurricane. Uh, a, I love boxing. Uh, and B, this is a boxing movie that's not really about boxing. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a really interesting take based on a true story of a boxer who was wrongfully imprisoned 
and about his fight to uh, gain freedom. Uh, another really good one is uh, the uh, Antoine Fisher, a really great character piece. I think as good as uh, Denzel Washington is in that movie, I think Derek Luke elevates the movie to a higher level. I think he's really the he, breakout star of that He one. directed that one too, right? Why, didn't Denzel direct that movie? I think he did. He sure did. Now I'm looking at it. Yep. Uh, the other one I'm going to mention is uh, American Gangster. Uh, it was interesting seeing, because uh, you like uh, we, we mentioned this before, you don't really see Denzel as a villain too often. Mm-hmm. But when he is, he's really good. And I think that he's really good here alongside uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, is there any others that I was going to mention? I think that is probably it. I know there's... there's with Denzel Washington, there's always a movie that yeah. if you don't mention well, that somebody's going to be like, are you kidding there's, me? There's somebody out there that's like, you guys didn't mention Heart Condition? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just looking I was just looking through which Denzel movies we haven't mentioned, because we have mentioned yeah. so many of them. Pelican Brief. Yeah. I which just, I think, Aaron, did you say that didn't hold up oh, very well I for you? Oh, I hated the Pelican Brief when I rewatched it this weekend. I, I remember liking that movie when it came out, but I was just like, I, oh, this is I bad. I like it fine, but it's never been a movie I'm a yeah. huge fan of. What do you guys um, think of the Equalizer movies? So I was going to mention I the thought, Equalizer. I, mm. you know, I think they're good, but yeah. I think the first one is fine. The second one, I only, I've only seen the second one once, and I, it didn't really work too well for me. But I, I enjoyed the first one for the most part. Uh, yeah. So I, I will say about American Gangster though, that's a weird one for me. Like I, I want to like that movie more than I do, but I do think Denzel is really good in it. Yeah. Um, and that's a uh, Ridley Scott directed that one. I kind of wish Tony Scott had directed that one. I think so, it might have been a little more interesting. I, I and I, I don't. I really don't want to go through them through them all, but I do want to mention the other one yeah. that I did watch this weekend that we didn't mention was uh, John Q. Um, where, I like that movie. I've never seen that. I like that movie. I, I don't care I what anybody says. Yeah. I like it. I've just never seen. Yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Uh, it is ridiculous. It's got a. It's, it's got a lot of like. Typical movie making cliche, over the top, you know, kind of stuff in it. But man, Denzel is Denzel is really good in it, and the overall story and themes are really good in it. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd put it. I, I definitely. And I liked also, it, so. I haven't seen the one he did. I have not seen the one, uh, the lawyer movie he did a couple years ago. Yeah, the Dan Gilroy movie. What was that called? Uh, uh, Ro- Roman Roman J Israel Esquire. I have never seen that one, so you, I didn't know. You don't. That. You don't need to see that. One. Uh, <laughs> Virtuosity is probably worth mentioning too. Virtuosity is a terrible movie, but yeah. man, you you oh, and I'm sorry, you I did want to mention one, but the reason the only reason this one didn't make my list is because it's really hard to find. But he did a thriller in '91 with Russell McCahey called Ricochet. Yeah, uh, John Lithgow is the villain in that. That is one of the most insane thrillers that has ever been made. And if you have access it's to it, I list. highly recommend watching it. Interesting. Uh, it's on Cinemax was like the only thing it's on. And it's in like an, it's like an out of print DVD. Um, but hopefully they'll bring it to Blu-ray soon or something. But yeah. virtuosity is a, is a, just a, 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 it's bad, but it's kind <laughs> of, but it's kind of fun. So bad. It's good. It's kind of in that category. Well, it's, it's just that the mid nineties. Yeah idea of what virtual reality was mm. is insanity. Yeah, yeah. if there's and one thing you watch that, Man and some movies oh, like that, God. you're like, oh. Yeah, Ghost, ghost Listen, in the Machine. If there's okay. one thing I know about humans is we totally know what 20 years from now is going to be. We get it right every single every time. time. <laughs> every single time we get it right. It's amazing. Yeah, I have... Uh, 
like my Judge Dread giant triangle shoulder pads in my closet yeah. right now, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got my uh, my shell. The shell's in the bathroom. Yeah. I, oh I, yeah. I, I totally. Yeah. It's it's all it's all correct. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do it, guys. Let's get on to our uh, buried treasure for the week. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to uh, let people know about? Uh, Andrew, why don't you start? What's your buried treasure this week? I'm gonna go with an anime because you know me. I like to recommend anime and this one is really good and it was just released on netflix if you haven't seen it it's called demon slayer it is a uh, really good i think the way they're gonna do this and don't hold me to it because it's still there's only one season out um i think they're gonna do a season then a movie a season then a movie a season then a movie um they finished the season and they just released the movie in japan it's not over here yet but it's already the highest grossing movie in Japan's history. Oh wow. So wow. Yeah. It uh spirited away the Hayao Miyazaki movie that was the number one uh highest grossing movie in all of Japan but now this what a single season of a TV show sparked enough love to make a movie the highest grossing movie ever in Japan, which I think is fascinating. It's a really mm. good movie. It's like feudal Japan uh warriors being trained to fight demons and it sounds kind of cliche like uh eh, it sounds like nothing much there but what i find interesting is that uh i'm not they're not quite zombies but the whole getting attacked by one you turn into one so zombie or demons were originally humans it, it's kind of on that level but i think the interesting thing is you see these evil monsters that they fight every single week but then at the beginning of the next episode you see what that person was like before they turned into, you know, a demon. So it humanizes the villains and it makes for a very fascinating watch. Really fun characters. I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, nice. Like Phil said, it did higher numbers than Titanic and frozen in Japan. It's crazy. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's on my it's, list. I've heard about it. It's on my yeah. list, man. I've got to check it out. Yeah. Very nice. It was just it was just put on Netflix. It I think it was on like a Funimation or something like that before, but I think Netflix is a way more accessible way for mm-hmm. people to watch a show. So yeah. Check it out on Netflix. That's it's cool. it's really good. That's cool they're doing the so they're gonna do they're gonna try to do what the Dark Tower failed at and doing the the T V series, then a movie, then a TV yeah. series. <laughs> You had you had to go and mention the Dark Tower, didn't oh, you? Oh, I'm sorry. I you forgot that's your like, big thing, right? I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, Stephen. I'm sorry. That, that no, I'm with you on that, man. That, that, was, that was... This row right here is all Dark Tower. That's the Dark I see. Tower yeah, that's comic. awesome, man. That's so cool. Um, all right. Sorry. I will go next. Uh, I was inspired by another podcast I listened to um, to uh, check out... Uh, the uh, movie Mississippi Grind. Um, I thought I had, I actually thought I had seen this. I knew I had access to it through screeners the year it came out. And uh, I realized I never got around to seeing it. Um, and they were talking in that podcast about how much similar it is to Robert Altman's California Split, which is another movie um, I hadn't seen at that point. So I watched California Split first, which is a 74 Altman film, and then watched Mississippi Grind. And the reason I mentioned both of those is because I honestly don't know how you appreciate this movie fully without watching California Split. It is incredible to me how much of this movie is patterned after that movie. Um, 
from different shots. Even the poster that they use is very, very similar to one of the California split posters, uh, Throwing the Dice. Um, to mention a little bit about it, it's uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn, uh, our central characters. Both are giving great performances here. And it is really a movie about the essence of having a gambling problem, what that looks like, um, how that feels, um, and and portrays it in a way that is not just uh, pedantic or preachy. Um, in fact, it doesn't feel like that at all because it acknowledges the joy, you know, that there is a real joy and exuberance and possible, um, you know, winnings, all that kind of stuff that comes out of it. Um, it's not just the tragedy of not knowing when to quit, which is what you see in every single, you know, gambling movie ever. Um, so, and it gets into the mindset and, and where that's painful and where that's problematic. And um, yeah, I think this is a really good movie. And it's not one that I would like, you know, jump up and down on the street corner and just say, you have to see this. Uh, but it is, <laughs> it is one where uh, if, you know, if you've got access to it, I didn't take a chance to see like where it was streaming or if it was streaming anywhere. But if you um, are able to find it somewhere, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Um, I, and again, I, I would like recommend on, I would recommend watching the Altman film as well, California Split. I feel like it's on Tubi or something because I feel like it always like pops up in some recommendation for me. Like I can't remember what streaming service it is, but I yeah. think it's Tubi. It could be. Could I've be. never seen this. I've seen California Split, which is one of the saddest movies ever made <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's, it is but it's it is an interesting great. sadness right like yeah it is it it's, is it's a very unique sadness uh that that movie has and and i will say mississippi grind does go to ultimately a different place than california split mm -hmm. does even though it patterns itself uh in many ways after that story so california split is elliot gold right mm -hmm. and um yeah, yeah. Yeah, i've seen it i've seen it's been a long time i just remember being very sad by it yeah it's I'm not, uh it's uh, also uh, uh, Siegel. Um, yeah. Oh, George Siegel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 George Siegel. No, yeah. Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. Jason. Jason Siegel. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised anymore when somebody says that there's a good Ben Mendelsohn performance. You know, it's just one of those things like Ben Mendelsohn. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, he's probably, you know, knocking it out of the park. Yeah. He's one of those actors I could see within the next five years winning an Oscar for like best performance. Sure, like he's yeah. he's got that skill. If he just no, gets great. the right script and the right Man. movie, he can do it. The MCU has done a good. If anything, the MCU has given a lot of these interesting actors uh, a, a bigger face. I guess you know more people know, and they go back and look at their previous work. And Mendelssohn's definitely one that has uh, benefited from that. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't realize half the stuff he had done. <laughs> before like yeah. at least before uh, ready player one so he did a show on netflix an original that was with uh by the way while I'm you're looking while you're looking that up uh the chat is coming through uh saying that yes mississippi grind is on fubu uh fubo uh fubu would be a whole different uh station fubo tv and showtime um, showtime that's yeah. what it is that's what it is um, also, we didn't mention Deja Vu. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> that. Jonathan is just, just bound and determined to mention every single one. Uh, two yeah. guns. Uh, safe house. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Deja Vu, though, is a, a decent size one. That Wait, yeah, aren't we, both we, of those also Ryan Reynolds movies? Yes. Two yes. guns and safe house? Yeah. Yes. Thank okay. you. Um, uh, two guns Bloodline. is Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. Bloodline yeah, is the show that I was thinking of. Oh, that okay. okay. I've heard of with that. Kyle Chandler. It is, it's actually really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, he also did the Outsider, which uh, yes, whoo. which was good. I love uh, that. All right, Jonathan, we're That's finishing good. with you. What is your uh, buried huh. treasure for this week? 
Uh, mine is a movie that came out in 2020, just a few months ago, actually, called The Empty Man. And um, this is a movie mm. that like, I kind of um, avoided because, I mean, this is stupid, but it was a horror movie with man in the title, which immediately just made me think of like the Bye Bye Man or the Lawnmower uh, Man, Slend- <laughs> Slender Man, which <laughs> right, are not, yeah. which are terrible, terrible mm-hmm. movies. Also, this is terrible that I like this, but this movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. Uh, horror, as much as a fan I am as a horror genre, horror is not a genre that needs to have a two hour and 15 minute movie <laughs> most of the time. Uh-huh. Uh, there are exceptions, obviously. The Shining is probably one that most people go to. Yeah. Um, but I feel really, I, it, it's stupid that I did that. And I'm, I, I had recently read some stuff about it that kind of intrigued me. So I checked it out uh, this past week. And um, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it actually, it, it starts off, and this is part of the reason why it's two hours and 15 minutes. It starts off with a pretty long prologue. Yeah. Uh, where it's in 1995, uh, not trying to make too much of a little things reference out of this, but uh, it goes back to the 90s. And I'm trying to remember where they were. They are, it's these people that are hiking. And sorry. Um, You're good. I guess I didn't write that down, but they're, they're, they're hiking like in, um, some, some, (laughs) they're hiking in, they're hiking in Bhutan. I'm sorry. I hope I said that right. And, um, they stumble up on some things. I don't really want to give anything away. So they just stumble up on some stuff and things go awry as they do in a lot of these setups. Now we're going to shoot to Aaron's favorite setting for any movie or TV show, the present. Mm, yes, present um, day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, and we have James Badgedale, who is uh, I'm a huge fan of. I he's like on that 24. guy. Yeah, 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 he's great. He's an Iron Man three. Yeah. Um, he's just a really cool character actor, and uh, he's actually the leading man in this movie, which is really cool. Which is another reason it intrigued me. And uh, he is a family, uh, these, uh, a group of kids at this local high school uh, go missing. And he is a family friend of one of the kids' moms. And he was a former police officer that went through a tragedy, as a lot of main characters in horror films have. And so he goes on the case of trying to find out what has happened to these kids. There is an urban legend aspect to this uh, movie, hence the empty man. It's a, it's a thing that kids try to... A person kids try to resurrect because no one's ever seen a horror movie before, so they like to go chant stuff on a bridge. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Um, and so and so and so you know, so there's some stuff to that. There is it gets into like kind of a a cult type uh, territory at one point, kind of in the vein of something like Midsummer or something like that. Um, I heard pe- I've heard people uh, compare this to Zodiac. Which it's not as good as Zodiac, but I I get why people are saying that. Hmm. It kind of has that look to it and that feel to it. Uh, I also hmm. got some serious OA vibes. If there's any OA fans out there, like I know Aaron is, yeah, I like the OA. Uh, I got some serious OA vibes. Um, I will say in the end, this movie's a little too all over the place to completely work. But I think there's enough there to uh, recommend it. It's definitely not your typical urban legend esque. Uh, horror movie. Uh, it is suspenseful at times. There's actually a pretty good mystery at the center of it. Also, as I, I feel like I've said noir like 30 million times in this episode, <laughs> but it does kind of have noirish qualities to it. James Badge Dale definitely is that type of character. 
uh, that you would find, you know, in a noir. Um, it's definitely a horror movie. So, I mean, but but I do think even ho- non-horror fans, uh, there will be things in this they'll find interesting. So, uh, yeah, overall, I liked it. I don't, I feel like I can't say too much about it just because of all sure. the, the twists and turns. Where, where but, can uh, uh, people find it? The Empty Man? Um, so it is available to rent. Okay. Uh, it, but it's but it's like $5. It's not the, you know, it's past the uh, the PVOD phase or whatever they call that now where it's like $20. So it's like 5 bucks to rent like on Amazon, Voodoo, whatever, wherever you rent things from. Um, I think it's even really cheap to buy too. I think it's like $7.99 or something in okay. a lot of places. So uh, if, definitely worth checking out. Well, there if you, you go. Like James, if you like James Badgedale, I'm going to recommend uh, The Standoff at Sparrow. Creek. Uh, oh, it's, amazing movie. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, that's a great one. I for, I totally forgot that when I was thinking about his stuff. No, nice. yeah, that's amazing. Nice. Yeah, that and 13 Hours Secret Soldiers. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, that's a good that's a good Michael Bay movie. What? That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, it tries really hard at times to not be, but it does succeed in the end. So that's yeah. good for it. <laughs> well done, guys. We did a podcast. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to us for accomplishing the goal we set out to accomplish. Uh, podcasting <laughs> has been done. day she's like hey by the way i i just wanted you to know i ordered a behind the scenes shirt i'm like i don't know what that is and then she explained she meant she ordered our shirt nice. so I was like oh that's nice. cool very nice <laughs> uh much love and gratitude to our sif pop members as well for making sif pop a real thing with their monthly support uh that starts at three bucks a month and you get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks uh you can find out more at patreon.com slash also, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you'd like to email us a question or a topic, you can do that to feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a, a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than Jared Leto playing a normal human being. Uh, we will be back next week with Promising Young Woman and Malcolm and Marie. A couple heavy hitters next week. So we'll see you then.